In a relationship, one of the fundamental qualities that enables people to thrive together and feel connected and playful and have fun and have really meaningful experiences and lives together, this quality is security. When a woman experiences feelings of betrayal due to sexual acting out, whether it's pornography or messaging other people, infidelity, whatever behavior, when a woman experiences betrayal as a result of this, it creates deep feelings of insecurity. And the result of this are a lot of different problems for both people. What happens is when she feels insecure or uncertain in the relationship, her wall goes up, she's guarded, she protects herself, and understandably so. There's no trust in the relationship. Relationship satisfaction levels just completely plummet, and both people feel disconnected from each other. Intimacy is negatively affected. They feel lonely and empty, but yearn to have that affection, that love in their interactions, but instead, it's just more distance and anger and disconnection. It affects both people so negatively when there's no security in the relationship, so restoring that is a top priority. So in today's episode, I want to share with you one specific tool or approach that you can apply right away to begin to feel a difference in the levels of security in your relationship. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. My name is Sam Tielemans. I'm a licensed therapist. I've been working with both couples and individuals who are struggling after the impact of pornography use for over a decade now. And I want to share with you in this episode and all the other episodes, my goal is to give you as many tools and as much help as I possibly can because I know how difficult this process can feel. It's so overwhelming. So my goal is to provide as much help and support to you as I can. I want to narrow this episode down to specifically how do you build security back into your relationship? I want to start off with a story. I work with a lot of different women who tell me that they used to feel so secure in their relationship. They felt so confident that they could lean on their husband, that they could trust him, that he was there for her, that nothing would come between them. And there was a feeling of predictability. And when I say predictability, that's such a necessary quality in a relationship. Now, that's not in conflict with spontaneity. When I say predictability, it's more with regard to certainty about how the other person feels about you. Certainty that there's trust there. Certainty that there's safety. That's the kind of predictability that we need in a relationship. But when all of this is discovered, that predictability, that safety, that trust, the foundation is completely shattered. Most people have a really hard time working through this. And I remember working with a couple where this was the case. When they came to me, they'd been struggling for a long, long time. It was very difficult for them to talk about this in a productive way, and they would protect themselves. They would get stuck in this negative cycle of communication where she would get kind of jabby with him. He would get defensive and frustrated and then kind of withdraw and walk away. She would get more angry and frustrated and then bring up those topics again and again because there was no resolution. He hated having these conversations. Well, this, these are his words. He hated having these talks because they never went well. They always ended up with no resolution. She ended up feeling worse afterwards. So he didn't really have a, uh, that much of an incentive to sit down and have these hard talks with her. And it wasn't because he didn't want to. It's that he didn't want to do it in the way that they were doing it. They were just continually getting stuck. And I feel like this is the case for most people. 
And so as I was working with this particular couple caught in these cycles, one thing that I really focus on doing is not just in session, not teaching principles, but rather helping them apply these tools to their situation. Information can only get you so far, but it's the application of it where the change happens. And so most people don't know how to have the kind of conversation that creates the biggest change. They talk about this stuff all the time, but it's just not effective. And so the tool that I shared with them and helped them implement is the same one that I want to share with you right now, which is to clearly identify and communicate with such clarity and simplicity the specific pain or fear that you're experiencing. And then make the conversation about that and nothing else. So in other words, the key is to recognize exactly what the deep level of hurt revolves around. And then you have a conversation there instead of getting lost in the weeds. And so I want to share with you an example of a conversation that doesn't do that. I'll share with you two examples of that where it goes wrong. And then I want to share with you a couple of examples of how you can do this because security is built when you resolve concerns. Security is built when you can comfort and reassure your deepest fear. The thing, the part of you that hurts so bad, the part of you that feels insecure, it's in a specific context. It's, it's about a specific thing. And so let me give you an example of this. Uh, so this particular couple, they came to me and they would share the types of conversations that they would have. And this was one of the ones that they would get stuck in. They would go out to dinner and they would be sitting there and then he would kind of just be looking around the restaurant and she would just like fume. And as she watched him look around the restaurant, how she took it was he was out there scanning and looking at all the other women, all the other couples that were there. Then the waitress would come up to the table and he would look at her and he would and, and she would think that he would be inappropriately thinking about the waitress or looking at her in an inappropriate way and then she would just lose it on him. And again, I, I told no judgment at all for me. Like I would feel the same way. If that's if that's how I took that interaction, I would feel very, very upset if I was in that situation. So again, no judgment. However, what happens is the conversation that ensues was completely unproductive. What she would end up saying to him was, I saw you looking at the waitress. I saw the way that you looked at her. There you go again. I can't even go out with you. The first time we go out in weeks, you're staring at the waitress. This is just disgusting. I can't believe that you're doing this. And it's doing. You're happy, it's happening right in front of me. And she would say it in that way, in using you know terms, those types of terms, that type of conversation would happen. And he would react with total negativity. He would get defensive. He would say, here you go again. You're making something out of nothing. We can't even go out to dinner without you thinking about this and bringing this up all the time. He would get super defensive. I'm not even doing this. Why are you acting crazy? And just the conversation would totally devolve. And so this, again, I hope that you can hear that there's no judgment for me. I just want to really help you recognize that this type of conversation. So if you're listening to this and you've, if you've had this type of conversation, I want to share with you that it's, it's common. Most people have this type of conversation. But what happens is when you do, it doesn't actually resolve anything which continues this feeling of insecurity in the relationship. That's the last thing that I want for you. If you're in this situation and you can relate to that, then 
the last thing that I want is for the underlying issue to be unaddressed because when it remains unaddressed, insecurity, instability, and a lack of trust remains. Another example of this conversation. Let's say a woman is just feeling so much pain and she's in just severe levels of hurt and she's depressed. And the conversation that ends up happening is she will sometimes ask something like, I, how could you have done this to us? Or I can't believe that you've done this. What kind of person does this to their spouse? You never loved me. Everything that we've had has been a lie. And I can't even believe that we're even here. I don't even know if I can move forward. I don't even know if I want to move forward. It's an expression of something like that. And again, I, I would feel the same way. I would probably say the same thing. And those, those, that, that approach is a reflection of how deep the hurt is. The difficulty is that the expression of the hurt in that way will then oftentimes get missed by the husband. They will be on different wavelengths. Because when he hears this, so often the men that I work with will go to shame. And they'll feel awful about who they are. And the response to shame is defensiveness. The response to shame is withdrawing and avoiding, which is the last thing that she needs. She needs him to be there for her. She needs to not be alone in her pain. But when he goes to shame, then he disappears emotionally and she's alone and feels empty and he's alone and feels like he's not good enough. It's just bad for everybody. And so I wanted to share with you these two, two examples. There are hundreds of variations of these, but the principle in these examples is that the core issue is not being articulated. The core issue sometimes is not really clear. When a woman is in so much pain, sometimes she just needs help to artic identify and then articulate what specifically she's struggling with. So let me give you a few examples of what this might look like. So as I worked with this couple, referring to back to the couple uh, that I started the, the episode with, in the session, when she would share, these are the types of conversations that they had, and this is how it would go. They would both end up feeling horrible afterwards. It didn't work, and they were struggling. I just spent a little bit of time with her, asking her some questions about what's happening for her in this in that moment. Hey everyone, just real quick, if you're a return listener to the podcast and have found it helpful in any way, I would absolutely appreciate it if you wouldn't mind taking literally 10 seconds to just leave a quick rating and review on iTunes. It just helps tremendously to get this podcast out to more people who are struggling, who need help, resources, and some hope. I would absolutely appreciate the gesture and thank you so much for listening. All right, back to the show. So let's go back to the waitress example. So when she was struggling in the restaurant, feeling just she was seething because of what she was watching and witnessing and the meaning that she was making out of it. And the husband in this particular case, after he had been doing a lot of good work, he was in a different place. And because he spent a lot of time resolving the underlying issues about why he had struggled with pornography and objectification and fantasy, he discovered that all of this was a coping mechanism for him that helped him escape the reality of 
how he saw himself, which was not being good enough, which was he felt like a failure, felt worthless. And there's a, a, a sense of depression that revolved around that for him. So when he started to process that differently, he was able to break those old patterns and be a different person. However, in many instances, there's a delay between his good work and her being able to trust it. So they were in, in this in-between phase now where he had been doing good work. And when he was at the restaurant, his experience of it was he was just out there and enjoying his night with his wife. And he was looking around just kind of, you know, he'd never been there before. It was a new place. He liked the atmosphere. It was just, it was kind of different. And his mind wasn't even on anything inappropriate, but she didn't know that. And understandably so, because there had been so much deceit and dishonesty when he said, hey, I'm not looking at anybody I shouldn't shouldn't be. I'm not looking at the waitress inappropriately. She couldn't believe that. And they got stuck. So when I spent a little time with them, I wanted to really help her in this process, implement this tool that we're talking about today, which is let's we've got to get crystal clear about what the actual fear or pain was. And so for her, so I asked her, so when you saw him looking around the restaurant, what message did that send to you? And she said, I took it as he was out here objectifying all these other people and he didn't want to be here with me. That was one thread. The other thread was because he's looking at all these other people, the message that she got was she wasn't enough for him. She wasn't attractive. She wasn't attractive enough for him. And so when we reflected on the conversation that they had in that restaurant, none, neither of those threads were communicated. Instead, she went to her protection. And her protection was an accusation. The, accus the accusation was, here you go again, you're out here scanning, looking at all these women, like this is disgusting, right? It was this accusation. And again, no judgment at all, but that's just protection. It's just protection. The key in all of this work is to get underneath our protection, to get into what our experience is, what is our fear, what's our hurt, because when we have the conversation on that level, the result of that completely changes how you feel. And so in the session, as she, as we spent a little time fleshing all this out, and that's eventually where we arrived, was I feel like I don't measure up and he doesn't desire me. That was her biggest fear. And so I asked her in the session, because again, the, the idea is to implement this. And so as you're listening to this, my I'm gonna share with you an, an action item at the end of this to help you implement and execute on this. But when I'm working with somebody, I can just do it with them in session. So I said, can you turn and tell him right now that this is your biggest fear? When you saw him looking around, how you took it was that he didn't desire you and that you just are, you, you aren't enough. That's your fears that you're not enough. When she turned and shared that with him, the conversation was completely different. It was literally completely opposite of what happened in the restaurant. When he heard her vulnerability and her sadness and her pain, instantly he felt compassion for her. And he started to tear up. And in that conversation, he teared up and I said, what's happening for you right now? As you hear her share how scary those feelings are for her of not being enough. And he said, it breaks my heart to know that she carries this pain because of what I've done. I can't believe that we're here. I feel awful about the decisions that I've made. And when I see her in pain, 
and I see her in tears right now, I just, I feel so much compassion for her. And I said, can you turn and share that with her? Just the compassion that you feel. And what, what would you want her to know about how you feel about her? Because her biggest fear is that she's not desirable to him and that she's not enough. That's the kind of clarity that we're talking about here today. Because when he can hear her say, this is where I get stuck. When we're out at the restaurant, I see you looking around. It activates my deepest fear, which is I don't, I'm not enough and you don't desire me. And it makes sense why she would go there. Because when she discovers that her husband is looking at other people, the message that she receives, the meaning that she makes out of it, and this is common for most women, is that, is that they're not enough. He's looking elsewhere because I'm not enough. And I've done lots of different episodes. If you've been following the podcast for any length of time, and I would encourage, I'll, I'll even link some episodes in the show note here that help to make sense of this in a different way. Because for the people that I work with, it's not driven, any husband that I speak with, whenever he's stuck in this pattern of doing this type of behavior, it's not driven by her inadequacies. She will take it that way. And again, I would feel the same way, but he will describe it in very different terms. So I'll link to to an episode in the show notes to help go a little deeper in that. That's outside of the scope of this one. But the principle that I want to communicate to you right now is that when he can tailor his reassurance and comfort to her deepest insecurity, that's when security is built. That's when closure and resolution are found. And so that's what happened in the session. He turned to her and said, when you tell me that this is your biggest fear, that you're not enough for me, my heart breaks because of how much I I love you and how much I care about you. You are my person. And while, yes, my actions of the past didn't reflect that, my actions deeply hurt you and caused these insecurities or amplified them, how I see you, I see you with so much love and I care about you so much and I do find you attractive. That's not why I turned to pornography. And again, I'll link to the episode in the show notes where he goes a little deeper. Well, I share with you the principle of what he shared, which is it was driven by something completely different. And he was able to reassure her that she is enough, that she is attractive, that he does desire her, and he wants nothing more than for her to feel his love because his actions didn't represent that when he was stuck in his pattern. When she heard this, I asked her, I said, what happens for you when you hear him share this with you right now? She said, this makes me feel so much better. It soothes this fear that I have that I don't matter to him, that I'm not enough, that he's doing this stuff still. When I hear him be with me in my pain and reassure me, I'm feeling so much more rooted, planted, anchored, right? The security was there. And so I share this with you because this is the principle. The clearer you can communicate your biggest fear, and when you get comfort and reassurance on the other side of that, that is how security is created in a relationship. And when you have security in a relationship, everything else falls into place. Keep in mind that these conversations are not one-time conversations. Security is built brick by brick. And so the next time a trigger happens and she feels an old fear, or it's a pre- it's happening in the present, but it was created by these 
previous decisions and impacts, whenever those fears surface in the present, all we want to do is have the same exact conversation. The good news about this particular approach that I share in this podcast is you don't need to memorize 15, 20, 30 different things. You just need to get good at just a few. And one of those pillar things is being able to have this conversation where you can bring up and communicate your deepest fears and hurts from a position of vulnerability and then for the husband to receive that and respond with compassion. When you do that, security is created because the reason why she feels insecure, it's it has to do it has to do with the message that she received whenever all this stuff was discovered. And some women take it differently. Some women take it to mean my husband doesn't desire me. Some women take it to mean I'm unattractive. Some women take it to mean he doesn't love me. Everything that we've had in our relationship has been a lie. Our marriage doesn't matter to him. I'm all by myself. He doesn't want to be with me. He prefers somebody else. It can go, there's dozens of ways that people can take this, that women can take this. The key is to recognize when you get triggered, which fear or uncertainty or insecurity gets activated so that then you can communicate that to your spouse so they can be with you, clarify, and reassure. Because if the reason why he turned to pornography isn't because she's not attractive, we need to reconcile that then. And again, I'll share with you, I've shared with you in previous episodes, and I'll, I'll put another one here just to help make sense of this and how can you reconcile those two. But the idea is that if that's not actually the truth, if the truth is that it's not because she's not attractive, we absolutely must be able to make sense of this in a different way. This is a part of how you build that security. It's through reassurance, it's through clarification, and then a demonstration of change. It's the heart change. And when you have these things in place, the security and trust that you feel can happen much, much faster than you think. And so again, I just wanted to share with you these couple of examples in hopes that this gets your mind going in the direction of what kinds of conversations do you have in your relationship that might not feel very productive and how can you change the approach so that instead of getting stuck in the protection, you can really get to the root of what's the fear? What's the real deep hurt? How have you? How did you take it that caused this pain? What was the meaning that you made? That's the conversation that when you have, everything can change on the back side of that. So my encouragement this week is for you to listen to this, identify one conversation that doesn't go well, and then get clear about really what it's about and then have that talk with your spouse so that you can have a very different conversation together and then start the process of truly building that security back into your relationship. One of my favorite parts about working with people directly is helping them achieve a breakthrough. And this is exactly what we're talking about in this episode is helping you identify where these blocks are that are preventing you from feeling love, feeling your worth, knowing that you're enough, if you're looking to have a breakthrough and you want some help customizing this information to your situation specifically, all you need to do is go to the website stopporn.info and you can learn a bit more information about how we can work together so I can help facilitate this breakthrough for you 
because so often it's not a need of more information that creates a breakthrough, it's implementation. So if you're looking for some help to implement and customize this material to your situation, instead of you having to do this on your own, then just simply go to stopporn.info 